on maynard.com.au. AU! Today's episode of Bunga Bunga 24 begins as Maynard approaches the fortress of arrogance, a building that is imposing, strange, cold, dark. One pushes the button and waits. And waits a bit more. Maynard! Maynard! It's Bunga Bunga! It's Bunga Bunga 24, the show that will make you question reality. With. Tim Parkinson and Maynard! <laughs> Those bucket bongs have not done anything for your MS. Oh, no, I pity the bucket. It's just like a university student's home after the goons run out here today at the Fortress of Arrogance. Here we are. Ba, 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 ba. There was the air conditioner running in the background, but as we explain, that has to be on, or Tim Ferguson, well, he'll just go into a rage like that movie, 28 Days Later. I hate you! I hate you more! If that air conditioner goes off. Today on the show, we've got some pretty amazing stuff coming away. We've got Crank Mail. Crank Mail. Maynard's Bug Out Bag. Tim's Musical Choice. Bugs makes fun of yourself, And we take you a place in history where the light never shines. Ooh. Yes, I cannot wait. Actually, I can. News. Tim, Doug Anthony's doing a lot of stuff. You're doing a lot of stuff. I just heard you do an interview then in which you claimed that you set Paul McDermott on fire with lighter fluid. Is there any truth to that whatsoever? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the little guy asks for it. Paul had the idea of jumping into a garbage bin which had been filled with newspapers. We had the idea of setting fire to those newspapers. And the next thing you know, he's in the garbage bin struggling to get out because the newspapers did go up. He was unharmed, but his really cool pants, you know, those sort of 1940s ones Mm -hmm. with the cuff that he wore in the 80s, they were scorched. I regularly set fire to the front of my underpants at the Mag Club, the Speedos. One thing I learned very quickly, which you pointed out in the interview, is that you put lighter fluid onto your clothing or to your front of your undies. And by the way, there is footage of this at Maynard page on Facebook and the Maynard YouTube site. You can see me doing this, setting fire to my front of my undies. It soaks through. Yes, you've got the flame on the outside, but being a petrochemical compound, it really burns your gonadies. That's the trick that we uh, hadn't actually thought through or even tested. It gets in, Mrs Marsh, it gets in. What new shows have you guys got coming up? Well, we have the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which is a comedy festival in the city of Melbourne, which is, get this, Australia's biggest ticketed festival. Bit of a scandal erupted over this already. The Doug Anthony All-Stars have been banned. What? Banned from the gala. That's just wrong. Yeah, it's that thing they put on Channel 10 with all the comedians. uh, We were told you cannot come on. Boo! 
We have been associated with the Melbourne Comedy Festival for 30 years now, but uh, once they got wind, I think, of the song we were planning on singing, I think the network and or the festival themselves jacked up and said, there's no way we can put that on stage. The problem wasn't Hospital Gown, was it? Because a lot of people have expressed strong comments about the content of Hospital Gown already. Hospital Gown is a very pleasing song for us. Now, this it's one... a sad indictment of socialised medicine. It certainly is. And this one is about adolescent geriatrics. It's about how people as old as us were not built to withstand the tsunami of porn that is available. It was just too much. I don't know if Channel 10 pulled the plug, but the comedy festival certainly relented and we were told you cannot play in the gala. So it just goes to show Doug Anthony All-Stars still have it, whatever the hell it is. Porn Tsunami, that's a great name for a band. It is a great name for a band. You can imagine their first song. Don't tell me what to do, just sit and suffer. Life's candy and the world's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. You've got the Melbourne Comedy Festival, two shows there, different shows. I still can't figure out why people think you'd be there on separate nights giving the show different names and doing the same show. They're different shows. Yeah, people are a bit confused by us saying we are doing two separate and different shows. Not helped by the fact that you have lied consistently throughout your career. Of course we have. But this time, we're only partially lying. And we would like to dedicate this entire show to our latest Patreon subscriber. We'd like to thank James Trevina. Oh, James Trevina, let's hear the brass band. That's the James Trevina Brass Band that works exclusively out of the Marrickville Fire Station. Uh, oh, James, you get me every time. Too much. you just done a couple of dates at the Sydney Comedy Store. Yeah, just a 15-minute set. These are people that booked their tickets to the Sydney Comedy Store a month or two ago and then you guys turn up on the bill and they don't quite know what to make of you. It takes them a while to work out it's Paul McDermott and I think from your description it actually takes the, the audience a while to work out that you actually are genuinely suffering from MS and not doing it as a game on stage. People look at me on stage in a comedy act in a wheelchair and think it's some sort of sick joke, but of course it is a sick joke. We do have some shows that people might be interested in around Australia. In Mackay, we're there on May the 6th. Townville, we're going to be up there in May the 7th. The city of Townsville, a place filled with some of the most brilliant, clever and ingenious criminal masterminds ever to hatch an evil scheme. Then we're doing Sydney Comedy Festival on May 15th at the Enmore, which is a great return to form where we used to do shows with Barry Crocker. And I actually came on stage and played the trombone with Barry Crocker singing The Green Green Grass of Home that time, of which no footage exists whatsoever. No footage exists. We looked. We tried. We'll have to find another way to blackmail you. Oh, and of course, we'll be doing, just announced, Wollongong on May 27th and Darwin, which is a real place and not just a person, on June the 4th. So whatever it is you have to do to get a ticket, you better hurry because they'll sell out those shows. I'm actually doing a gig in Townsville. The city of Townsville, a community where random acts of kindness are an everyday occurrence. The Townsville Casino's 30th anniversary, I'm doing their show in June. 
they're flying me up there and I'm on with a band called Totally 80s, which contains, I think, Brian Cannon, the uh, lead singer from Real Life, and Brian Mannix. And I've got to say, I've never met Brian Mannix and I'm really looking forward to maybe having a chat to him. You get to hang around the coolest people. Hi, this is Mr Squiggle here. Yes, believe it or not. And, and uh, I'm with Maynard. <laughs> and, uh, oh dear, isn't Maynard nice? In fact, I should say that it just came through yesterday that I'm going to be running for mayor of Townsville. The city of Townsville. A pleasant place to live. I'm going to be running for mayor. I had the issues sent to me and I've come up with some policies. One is... is Universal health care just for Townsville? Well, we don't want to keep them too healthy. You lose a few. That's the thing about being mayor. But there is one, there's a controversy about a super dome arena that is being built. Some people don't want to build. Some people do want to build. I'm saying it should be built, but be built at the army barracks. It's just so it's secure and also because the army guys will be thrilled. They'll be like, the sport's right outside the door. And Kittler has made an appearance and gone straight for the scratching post. Talk, Kittler, talk. Why has he suddenly come out? He's starving. He only gets five meals a day and that's not enough for a cat to live on. It's all he can do to stay awake. He's addicted to schadenfreude and so if you're into schadenfreude, you've got to see us two recording this show. He was up last night watching Downfall again. He's crazy about that movie. He loves that scene. So Hitler goes mad with the map. When he throws the pen, he just mows his little head off. That's why I prefer to understand us for prefer. Oh, you bet. I've showed him Mel Brooks's film To Be or Not To Be, but he was not amused at all. Kittler, das ist ein kleiner Gemeinschaft. Sieglütenheister. Nick Auger. Nick. And he's off. Of course, you're listening to... Bunga Bunga 24, your official Dad's Army 2016 movie podcast. Starstruck movie podcast. It was such a success last week. Let's see if we can do with Tim's musical request. Tim, feel like some music? What's been getting in your craw? What's been making you jump out of bed in the morning? I actually sang it before, but I reckon Barbara Streisand. Don't rain on my parade. Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a comer. I simply gotta march, my heart's a drummer. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Let's open the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Wow, that's a really interesting sound there of that water, Tim. Is that some little animal perhaps pissing? I think it is. In fact, you would be surprised to hear that... Birds do pee, and that is the sound of a seagull peeing into a potato chip cup. Let's listen carefully to that once again. Mmm, that's a nice sound. You just want to leap into the ocean after hearing that dirty, dirty sound. The uh, music in the back of the, the show, which is completely dedicated to James Trevina today, was picked by Sue Wilden. She wanted a bit of an American patrol there, obviously uh, an American exceptionalist, Sue Wilden. Sue, she's a very dynamic Australian. And I believe she was actually flying the plane that Glenn Miller disappeared on. 
Well, she was co-pilot. Technically. Technically, the pilot had gone to sleep, so technically, yeah, she was flying. Good on you, Sue Wielden, there. Yeah. Because of you, we lost a whole generation of big band music. Let's open Crank Mail. Crank Mail. Grant and McCarran tried to ask a few questions, and I've got to say, they really didn't quite come out right, but Grant, good on you. Is there in truth no beauty, Tim? In truth, there is no beauty. Truth is supposed to be ugly. Truth is, like comedy, as Steve Martin said, it's not pretty. I think that answers your question. I was listening to a self-improvement uh, podcast yesterday and they said that when you're on stage, remember, it is not about you, it's all about the audience. Do you think that's going a little bit too far the other way? I mean, Steve Martin has tried many different things philosophically on stage and sometimes it would be all about the performer and I've certainly heard lots of performers complain about the audience. Is being on stage at all times about the audience? It's probably a message about self-indulgence. I guess when you're writing your material, if you're a comedian, you just don't want to be too self-indulgent in the sense that it stopped being funny and you're making a point without humour. If you make any point with humour, it's not self-indulgence because you're making a contract with the audience. Oh, right. And really, I love being in a wheelchair. And you might be thinking, oh, man, he's either an idiot or he's giving us a snow job. But the fact is, think about it. I'm there on stage. Sometimes the Doug Anthony All-Stars show will go for up to three hours. Yeah. Do you want to be standing up for that long? I like sitting around. I get pushed around. I have wheels it's the future. In the future, everybody will have wheelchairs. And I've had the joy, and it is a joy, of pushing Tim all the way from his uh, Syrian hairdresser up at Broadway where Glee Point Road meets there, all the way down Glee Point Road. And Tim said, watch this. I'm going to wave for everybody. Every single one of them waved back at us, Tim, all the way up Glee Point Road. It works. Oh, yeah. If you're in a wheelchair, people figure you can't be dangerous. <laughs> and here I am thinking putting a cat on a lead and taking it for a walk is the go, but no. Oh, yeah, get in a wheelchair. You can stop anybody and ask them anything and they have to stop. And, of course, you can wave at anyone and everybody will wave back, I think, because they figure what could go wrong. And they're often taken off guard, particularly if, if we're going past a cafe, and I wheel you pretty damn fast too, perhaps probably faster than I should. What? hell was that? And you'll wave to people that are at your height as we go past and you can tell they're not sure if they should wave back because it's polite not to stare at people in wheelchairs. They're trying to just not acknowledge your presence at all and you're going, hello everybody. One of them did ask me why you're in the wheelchair and I said, well, because, you know, that thing you do in your private time, just don't do it too much. Too much? We've got Paddy Mack asking for a question here. It's a geopolitical one, Tim. I know you love this kind of stuff. Is Australia more ideologically similar to China or Japan? And should we perhaps side with the likely winner no matter what? I suppose we're probably closer to Japan than we are with China because China is a communist nation. But China is taking over the world and Japan isn't. So I would make sure uh, the relationship between Australia and China is really close. So uh, if I had to pick, I would go with China. I'd go with Japan myself, vending machines mainly. You can get beer from a vending machine later in Tokyo than you can in Sydney from a bottle shop. That's very true. I've changed. I'm going to go with Japan yeah, too. Yeah, we like having beer from a vending machine at 11.59 at night. And underpants. You can get underpants from vending machines in Tokyo. And God knows that's useful. And they're not new underpants either. Good one here from Ella Arendale. <laughs> Tim's just having a quiet giggle there in the background. You know, he has that euphoria moment. He's having a little one of them at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> My son has recently come out as gay. Do I need to redecorate our guest bathroom? 
Yeah, if you've got animal heads on mm. plaques in that bathroom, I'd probably get rid of them just because they don't work, but I wouldn't worry about that. I think what you're trying to say is that gay people have a greater sense of design or they have greater taste, whereas really you only have to look at Donald Trump, who's a vigorously heterosexual guy. He really does approve many good buildings. When it comes to a guest bathroom, I'd say for anybody really, more Mondrian, less Blair Witch Project. Both good designs, but inappropriate in some settings. Shell Lancaster asks, how do you tell someone to get out of your life politely? What would you do, Tim? Send them love letters repeatedly, every day. Call them all the time. Send them email after email after email after tweet. Catch up with them on Instagram. Hello, darling. And if you do it enough in a short period, they will leave you alone. Too much. They'll be gone. There's some useful suggestions for Shell, Ella, Grant and Patty. Don't forget if you want to get some crank mail in any time, join the Bunga Bunga Facebook page. You can tweet Tim at... I'm at Real Tim Ferguson. Yeah, that's right. Real. Deal with it. And there's the Maynard Facebook page and, of course, there's uh, Maynard.com.au, Maynard.com.au on Twitter. That'd be great. Close up the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. And bring in the burning social issue. <laughs> one that Tim has been a bit mouthy about before, one that he's on the same page as Roosevelt with. And, by the way, when you think Roosevelt, think Ferguson. That's right. I do have an affinity with both Roosevelts, both Teddy and Delanor, both great presidents. Do you know that Teddy Roosevelt was the one who instigated and built the Panama Canal? Our burning social issue today, is it ever okay to get angry with reviewers, as has happened in the Adelaide Festival recently, or is it best to ignore them? Now, I know you think that reviewers shouldn't exist at all, Tim, but what is the best way to deal with them if they do give you a bad review? Well, Lawrence Mooney did get into a kerfuffle with an Adelaide Festival reviewer who I think came from, I don't know, the weather page and because there were so many shows, was given the job of reviewing his show. I don't know what her comments were, but Lawrence actually bit back and said, you can't talk about my show like that, you are wrong. You know, you can do that, but what's the point? Once someone's expressed themselves, there's no point in saying your opinion is wrong, because it's out there, it's in print. I figure just ignore them from the get-go. Now, this be an example of the Streisand effect where he drawing attention to that review by criticising that review has given that review more weight than it originally would have had. Suddenly, everybody, like a banned porn film, Googles it to find out what the hell went wrong. She was just saying things like she didn't think that he was a comedian, he was more just like a funny guy who happened to have been thrown into the spotlight. And it makes no sense. The comic principles that Lawrence applies include naturalism. So when he talks, it seems like he's just talking. That's part of his routine. He is a highly experienced and very gifted and very funny comedian for this reviewer to misread that just shows the limitation of her knowledge of this craft. People who turn up to comedy and say, I've written a review, I didn't think it's funny, so it's therefore not funny, shows a very basic flaw in their understanding of the principles of comedy and the laws of subjectivity. So do you think if you were writing a review and you didn't think it was funny and you thought it was flawed, do you think it's fair to include the fact that the audience was laughing and they were enjoying the show, if that was the case as well, just to show that you mightn't have enjoyed it, but the audience certainly did? I'll go one further. We should have no reviewers of anything. 
of the arts, of sport games, of comedy, music, drama, they should just not exist. I've got a thing against people who choose reviewing as their life. No matter how clever they are, no matter how knowledgeable they are, there's no point in writing a review if you want to stand back and say, I made a contribution. All you did was point out stuff about what everybody else was doing that was way more interesting. And Tim's now going to read a great piece of a Roosevelt speech. Cue the music. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, but there is no effort without error. But who does actually strive? He strives to do the deeds. Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best in the end, knows triumph of high achievement and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with the cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. He didn't put a joke in there. He didn't put a joke in there, although I do like cold and timid souls. Did he actually mean anyone in particular? Was he replying to some political stab at him? The media had turned against his moves to ensure that miners got the first pay rise they'd had in 30 years. 30 years? And everybody was picking up the legislation. But I think it works in terms of the arts as well. If you're a critic, do something else. Do something of some value. You don't even have to get into the arts. Take up orthodontistry, but don't be one of those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat because you're sitting in the cheap seats. I don't read reviews because if I want a review, I just go to Twitter. The burning social issue. Ouch. Oh, ow, 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 ow. And does that sound like I'm burning or just having some sort of weird, frightful orgasm? And on that topic, it's time for Maynard's... Oh, hang on a minute. I was about to do it properly. It's over to the voiceover booth where Ferguson waits with baited something. Maynard's bug out bag. Thank you, Tim. Today, I almost brought my extra large, serious stylophone that I had. Five times bigger than your laptop, so I couldn't get it around here. But I brought this instead. Talking dirty, rude words through the ages. How dare he come here and spoil our nice party? A thousand slang phrases. So uh, you can become a landowner. That's dirty. There's a whole chapter on masturbation, as you would expect. Roping the goat. I hadn't heard that one. Dance with Johnny One Eye. Do the Bachelor's Shuffle, that's from the 80s. Do the Crazy Hand Jive, of course, that's from the 60s, Tim. 
then we have do the solitary rumba. Do the pork sword jiggle. You're churning your man cream. And kneading the dough. Clear the custard. And pip the pumpkin. <laughs> Bash the priest. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? Well, last one with an ecumenical feel to it. Conk the cardinal. <laughs> That's from the book Talking Dirty, 5,000 slang phrases for every occasion. Yeah, at your next party, try Conk the Cardinal. Written by Dan Pierce and Jonathan Green, two filthy people. And the white smoke is coming out of the chimney on the... Menon's bug out bag. I'd just like to quickly thank once again James Trevina, who were dedicating Bunga Bunga 24 to... Go along to uh, patreon.com forward slash Maynard and if you could get a friend to even donate a dollar a month, that'd be great. Bunga bunga. <laughs> there is a fake tax debate happening at the moment between the Liberals and the Labor Party. Are they just pretending to go in a room and they just have some drinks and they come out and they just say they did something? And, uh, of course, the Liberal Party has decided that they're not going to do a damn thing. They're going to introduce a soft cock budget because they figure Malcolm should be popular enough for long enough to get them through the election. So after all the big talking, after all that carrying on about Tony Abbott had to be sacked because of what he was doing to the economy, it's starting to look just like a cheap power grab. But uh, I never expected Malcolm to do much. The best leaders in Australia don't do a damn thing. Malcolm Fraser did a bit of tinkering when he first came in, but then he kind of left. Is that the way what he did? Malcolm Fraser was similar sort of approach after Goff? Yeah, they called Malcolm pragmatic. He was only pragmatic in the sense he couldn't get away with anything after sacking Goff anyway. Steve Brax was another very popular politician, Premier of Victoria, didn't do a damn thing. And speaking of damn thing, we have not heard from Tanya Plibersek or our local Greens member, J- Jamie Parker. I haven't heard from either of them and we've invited both of them on the show. I've got this funny feeling that none of their f- people they know are listening. Uh, one of their people is listening too closely and holds his or her computer, let's call him her, very tightly when listening to the podcast. Yeah, Tanya and what's he called? Jamie it's a- Parker. Jamie. Jamie, one of you, we are persistent in trying to get a hold of you to get you on Bunga Bunga. If you or your minions could get back to us, then we could relieve the tension. It's palpable if that is actually a word. Tim, a segment that people love. People put their headphones just that little bit closer. Some even plug in the speaker so they can hear what's going on. It's time for a sound effect request from Tim Ferguson. He's thought long and hard about what something in his head would sound like if it happened. What have we got today, Tim? If a little robin, you know those little birds that they have in Britain? If a tiny little robin was given too many hormones and its little cheepy, cheepy chirp was expanded, it would sound a little bit like this. Now let's have it, Steve. What about this monster story of yours? Well, it's big and terrible. That's frightening. Yeah, it's like Godzilla except cute with feathers. Thanks to DNC Lifestyle as well for their support of us there. Kitler's just over there just looking a little bit too happy. You haven't been exposing Kitler to any DNC Lifestyle, have you? Yeah, I bought him a little cat bow tie. And boy, does he like it. You can get anything you like. Spats for cats. Yeah, if you want to spoil your animal, get them spats for cats. It's for the people who really love their pets. It's not just, you know, here's a wooden box to live in. If you want your cat or dog to live in a Taj Mahal, 
if you want them to wear the softer, sweetest slippers, if you want them to have toys that are executive toys, then you talk to the people from DNC Lifestyles. And we thank them. And of course, if you want to support us as well, as I have mentioned, be like James Trevena, the man who stood up and said to the world, yes, I will give Bunga Bunga and Planet Maynard podcast each month. Did you enjoy the uh, podcast we had last week with the Frank Bennett on it? Love Frank Bennett. His music's just so kind of funny, but also he's a great impersonator. I've been caught stealing once when I was five. I enjoy stealing. It's just as simple as that. Well, it's just a simple fact. When I want something, man, I don't want to pay for it. Well, I walk right through the door. Walk right through the door Hey, all right If I get by It's mine Mine or mine He's pretty fantastic Patreon.com forward slash Maynard But right now It's time to ask Tim what he thinks of a musical artist This is a dangerous part It's potentially difficult There could be legal action involved Tim? In the early 90s, there was a, a wonderful person who moved from E Street to going into the public eye and doing music. What did you think of the work of Melissa, specifically her work such as Read My Lips? Sexy is the word. Skin to skin. She even did a, a cover of The Glamorous Life in 2005. Your thoughts on the work of Melissa. Melissa Tkouts. Yes, correct. Uh-oh, what's going to happen now? Not only is she just totally hot and still remains a beautiful person... Does a lot of work for the handicapped, is engaged with a lot of charities and those kind of things. Done work with the house, those guys, so she's brave when it comes to performance. But not only that, her songs were great. They were the spirit of the age. At many nightclubs I saw around the place launching her songs and stuff, and at Metropolis on a Tuesday night she'd turn up there and have a bit of a dance around. Always lots of fun. And, of course, she was the highest-selling single of the 1992 ARIA Awards with Read My Lips, and you don't get to do that without having talent. Were you a fan of her work on E Street? I believe she was a receptionist she played. She was a fun actress. She always brought life to it and had that thing Americans called Motsie. She was a gutsy performer, and I like that. Who could forget the week when she stuck herself with a needle stick injury accidentally and we had to wait to see what the blood result was at the end of the week? That was a very tense week for me, I know. I, I couldn't talk to anyone all week. And the episode of The Missing Surfboard, um, um, she yes. brought some great comic touches to that. She's terrific. Do you think the uh, mystery of the missing surfboard was a bit silly for a plot line? I do remember my neighbours at the time, someone's dog went missing for a day. That's nothing compared to what Melissa was going through. If you really want drama in your soapies, look to the English soapies. Look to, was it Evandale, Era Allendale or whatever that, that show is. They've got this small village and all sorts of things break out there in a village of only about a 1,000 people. Oh, it's like Blue Heelers. If there was that much crime in any country town, it would be closed down. The fact is Australian soap operas are really popular in Britain because they're just happier, it's sunnier, and they also deal with all the issues of the day. 
but everybody's pretty. But let's just have a listen to the difference between the theme music for Home and Away. Coronation Street. And there we have it. The uh, whole thing feels much better if it's Australian. Sure, Coronation Street tries to win people over by having a cat in the opening shot of the credits, but once that cat's gone, the show's downhill from there as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, you look at Neighbours and it's like, oh, no, I broke my fingernail and one of those bra boys is trying to kill me. So, where'd you get to? Had some thinking to do. Yeah? Yeah. Come to any conclusions? Yep. Then you look at Coronation Street, eh? Morag, how are you? I've been okay since my cancer and my AIDS and my hair fell out and my abortion. And the list goes on and on. That's it, that's enough. You get to your room now, you're grounded. And why can't you give me a break? Because you're hopeless and I'm doing my best. Is it any wonder that you're on your own? Who'd want you? You're ugly, you're mean and I hate you. Just lighten up, you poms. What Tim's saying is, Melissa Couts, he salutes you. As he says, Melissa, she's no Morrissey. You are no Morrissey and I love you, Melissa. Hello, Melissa, it's Maynard here. Hello, darling. How are you? Good, how are you? That sexy is the word, Tim. Well, it's a word. Tim's historical hypothetical sent in by a listing. Sent in by a listener. Normally you come up with these things, Maynard. I can't believe I haven't come up with this one before. Tim, are you ready? I was born shortly before I was ready. For Tim's historical hypothetical, the place, Russia. I like Russia. The time, 1916. Oh, no, here we go. It's going to get ugly. Tim, you are at the Yuzapuolot Palace. (laughs) And you overhear people plotting to kill Rasputin. Tim, what do you do? Russia, 1916, looks like Rasputin's up for it. Rasputin pretended he was psychic. He pretended he was able to predict the future. And also he was having sex. I would have Rasputin killed on the spot. Usually just get a hundred cats, put him in a barrel and throw in the cats. Rasputin did not help anybody and led to the Russian aristocracy failing against the communist overlords because they were all looking in the wrong direction because of this stupid goofball. Were they communist cats from the Duna? Oh, yeah, I'd use little communist cats, little small. And, of course, they've all been to university and had some sort of degree. But strangely, even though they're old cats, they're still going to university, just doing one course so they're allowed to remain university communists, one of the world's least useful social food groups. A rare Tim's historical hypothetical where not only would he have gone with history, he would have made it worse. (laughs) I would have cleaned it up faster. Oh, those Russians. And look what happened. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Malaysian flight MH370. And what happens this week? A piece of it turns up, Tim. I call that uncanny. The aliens are just <laughs> dropping little clues here and there. It's time for us to blow out of here. It's been quite a show. I've always said Donald Trump is not an idiot. He's just not going to be helpful. He may well be the next president. So if I were you in a city, 
I would start reading up about Trump, looking at his history and try to work out how the man works. Because before long, he may be the most powerful man in the world and your idea that he's an idiot will be quite a limited one. He's actually to the left of every other single Republican frontrunner. Yeah, he just happens to be a racist bastard. Australia and the United States and every country on earth has a lot of racist bastards. That's humanity. And as you notice, we have on a show this segment called Recriminations. As far as we know, in the last five episodes of Bunga Bunga, we've got nothing wrong whatsoever, Tim. We've got nothing wrong, nothing at all. Nobody's telling us we've done anything wrong. Even Daryl Adams has gone quiet. Yes, Daryl Adams, have you been bought off? Yeah, have you been bought off? Yeah, Daryl, come on, where are you, mate? Where are you? I look at Twitter and you're all like, ooh, I do like what you've done with the petunias. Come on, man. But I'd like to say thank you for your support through Patreon. The Patreon support's just great and it keeps the Bunga Bunga alive. Keep the podcast up and moving. So get onto Patreon, go to Maynard's page, maynard.com.au, and you'll be able to follow the dots. Patreon is just down the bottom of the page with the Patreon symbol. If you've got a dollar a month, that would be lovely. But if you've got 10 cents for your thought, Tim's got 25, because it's time for Tim's Ferguson's right of reply to a question no one ever asked. Don't expect too much. Australia is about to dodge a bullet. And the bullet will be, as I mentioned before, the Liberal Party budget is not going to do what Tony Abbott wanted. They're not going to cut back on expenditure, nor are they going to tinker too much with the tax. So we're about to dodge a bullet, which is the Conservatives not going to do anything. Good on them to remain popular. They're not going to do a damn thing. We can all breathe a sigh of relief. We just have to wait for the American economy to collapse. Which will happen in 2017. Oh, yeah, 2017. That's all coming, so I'm saying buy gold. There's some shonky advice from Tim Ferguson, Tim's right of reply. We're talking to a guy who's wearing shorts and a Go Canada T-shirt sitting on a lounge. Buy as much gold as you can. Don't expect too much. Aware of those risks. Tim, I think it's been a great show here. We've had a great time. Kittler is going nuts. He can tell it's the end of the show, so it's straight out to the kitchen hoping there'll be some munchies. Out he goes. Nothing's going to happen. Just saying, kind of gemeinschaft to see gluten You've been listening to Bunga Bunga 24 with... Tim Ferguson. And myself, Maynard. You've been listening to... Bunga Bunga. Bunga Bunga.
Have some more drugs, please, on maynard.com.au. Hey, you! 